Welcome to the Vision Leadership Podcast, where it's all about feeling your best, reaching your goals, and motivating others. And now, your host, Master Coach Instructor, Dominic Cathy. Welcome, 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 everyone. I'm so excited to introduce you all to Janice Bristol, aka Divine Sugar Baby. And for those of you that don't know Miss Divine yet, we're going to dive into many topics, including entrepreneurship, isolation in the world of COVID-19, battling cancer, and so much more. I appreciate you joining us for this very real-life conversation, and I'm so excited that you get to share your life and your gifts with the world and the way that you go about living your life. So welcome, Miss Divine. We're going to jump straight in because the people need to hear your story. The first thing I want to talk about was your title, Divine Sugar Baby. What does that title mean to you? Before we even get there, we have to talk about how I even came up with the name. So I was in college and my degree was communication design. But being in in an art school, you get exposed to so many different things. And I was like, oh my God, I want to do everything. I want to do fashion. I want to do accessories. I want to do this. I want to do that. And one of the things that stood out to people was the way that I would put together clothing and accessories. Like my accessories were huge and um, huge meaning like they were a huge part of the whole entire look. I can put something together that maybe cost like $10 and you would think that it costs like a hundred bucks. So I started making my own stuff and then people started liking it. And I was super shocked that people like the stuff that I was making myself. So I um, went to DC and I, with, a, with a couple girls and I went to this store called Be Dazzled. And I had never seen anything like that in my entire life. It was all of these beads and crystals and like every color imaginable. Um, it had like all these materials and like my whole entire world exploded. I went freaking crazy in the store and I spent all of my money that I was had budgeted for the trip. I had no money to get back home, actually. <laughs> I spent it all on supplies because I was like, this is a whole new world. They actually have stores. Oh! So I, went, I totally lost my entire cool. I lost my shit. And it, was, it was a wrap. If you're joining the conversation, we're talking to Janice Bristol, a.k.a. Miss Divine Sugar Baby, one of the most talented designers in the industry. Miss Divine is gifting us with an understanding about how she branded herself, her business during college. Now, first off, this is why you're so dope. The way that you jump into success without knowing everything that's involved and how it's going to turn out, you just go for it. I love it. So you're in the store, you spend all of your money on your design dream. Take us back to your college years when you were first getting started to sell your work and that moment you branded your design name. I could only imagine being a college student again. If And if you were anything like me, first generation college student, no money, like absolutely none, um, doing whatever it took to fit in, trying to make it. So take us back. So... <laughs> Um, so I'm in college and I have all of this stuff and I'm making this stuff. So now there's an opportunity to do like little vendors and stuff. So uh, as college students, we can go sell our artwork. So I was like, well, you know, honestly, I didn't believe in my ability as a, as a designer. I didn't believe in my artwork. There were so many people that were there that was super talented. And I'm like, 
I don't have the money to have a laptop. I don't have the money to, you know, to, to I, and I wasn't learning all these other skills with Photoshop and all this other stuff when I was in school. So how do I even compete with these people? So I'm like, you know what? I can't put artwork or paintings and stuff out there because they're never going to sell. What could I do? So I said, you know what? People like what I make. Let me take all this stuff and just put it out. And I, I rented the table. I think it was like maybe 40 bucks or something. Now I'm sitting there and then people are coming to my table and people are starting to buy stuff. And this woman said to me, she was like, um, where's the, what are your business cards? And I'm like, I, I don't, I don't have a business card. I don't know what to do. And I'm in straight panic mode. And she's like, well, where's your store at? What the hell are you talking about, lady? I can't even afford this tablecloth. <laughs> but I had to take a moment and say, wait a minute. She thinks that my work is good enough that she thinks that I have a brick and mortar store, which is like the ultimate, ultimate compliment. So now it's like, oh, what's the name of your store? Da, da, da. I don't have a name. And <laughs> I was like, oh, gosh. So I'm there trying to figure out what am I going to tell her the name of my stores? And she's there in my face. And it's like the longest pause, like that huge pregnant <laughs> elephant pause. And so I'm like trying to throw around words. And I'm like, no, OK, Janice Nicole, no, that doesn't sound good. That just sounds like my name. No, it's got to be creative. And randomly pull together three random words divine <laughs> it was divine and it was divine sugar dot com i said okay yeah that's what it is mind you i never had the website i was like oh shit now i gotta go and figure out how to make a website because this woman's gonna look me up and i don't have anything i didn't send her to all on the site so divine i said okay well i like all things that are divine and i like things that are sweet so you know what okay cool divine sugar and so that's where Divine Sugar Baby came from. It was a way of me holding on to what my initial instincts were, but it was also a way of me saying that, you know what, this is something that I really, really want to aspire to be. And I'm going to just start to put myself out there more and more often. Then I started. I became a, a creative director for a magazine that, and I started really designing and putting myself out there. And then I became known as, oh, oh, Divine Sugar, oh, Divine Sugar Baby. Oh, she's fun. You're definitely a phenomenal designer, so much that I recall you being on Flea Market Flip. And such an amazing accomplishment to be on TV, to be in a space where you're creating, you're following your dreams, your passion. And I was hoping you could sort of talk about how did you come to that opportunity and where did your design inspiration come from? So that opportunity came via a good friend of mine named Kevin. Uh, he and I actually went to college together and we have a lot of the same experiences. He's so creative. He was contacted by somebody else. The person who interviewed us, she loved us. I think it was like a week later, we got called back and they had the concept of creating a show where, creating an episode where it was to be the battle of like, the battle of people who went to my alma mater. So they created this whole competition now because they really love interviewing us. So now we had, like, they created this whole opportunity for us. So now it's, okay, yeah, we want you. This is what's going to happen. And you're going to go on this show and you're going to compete against two other people who've graduated from Pratt. So now we're like, whoa, okay, well, we graduated years ago. These are people who graduated recently. Oh, boy, this is going to be a real big competition. 
So we spent this time studying all type of design styles and trying to figure out like, what are you gonna do in straight panic mode? Until we had a conversation with each other and say, you know what? We're gonna do what naturally comes because this is who we are. We are these creative, we're artists, period. And um, we're just gonna let it flow. And then next thing you know, we're on the show and we went on to that show with the thought process that we're going to be so amazing to them that they're going to want us to come back and they're going to just create a whole show around us. So that's what we were thinking in our heads. That's what we're going to do. Well, certainly you both were amazing. I mean, clearly you both won on Flea Market Flip. Now, switching topics a little. You also released the video of you and Kevin, your partner on the show Flea Market Flip, as you described. However, in that video, you were at his barbershop. And I remember watching this video of you getting your hair cut, going through a number of different emotions from sadness to happiness. At least that's what I picked up off of the screen. And I'm wondering if you could walk us through that experience. I uh, was diagnosed with breast cancer um, in 20. 18 no it's actually 2017 at the end of 2017 i was diagnosed with stage two breast cancer uh in 2019 my breast cancer came back and it was stage four and excuse me it was stage four so that meant immediately had to go into chemo which was a different a completely different experience for me Going through chemo, I kept hearing, yeah, you know, this and that's going to change in your body. Uh, your hair's going to fall out, everything, like all those things that you, all those stories that you hear, they're true. <laughs> they're 100% true. But I had this big head of hair to the point where I thought my head was really big because I had all this hair. <laughs> and I, you know, my hair was just hanging on. It was just going strong. And then one day en route to, for another chemo appointment, which at this point I was getting, I was having chemo every week. One day um, I put my hand, uh, we we're driving down to my doctor and I put my hand in my hair. And um, when I removed my hand, my hair came out in clumps. And um, you, you hear and you know that this is supposed to happen. You're never prepared for when it actually does happen. I, I, I couldn't believe how my hair fell out. And as a black woman, you know, we're, we're, we hold on to our hair so much. And um, I'm proud and have this, you know, wild, untamed, wild hair. And it's big and beautiful. And now it's gone. And this is a part of my platform. This is a part of who I am. Um, who am I now? And so now it's falling off and breaking off. It looks uneven. And I and I say to Kevin, who has his own salon, I say, Kevin, I don't know. Um, something we need to do with this. It looks insane. I don't know what to do. And he said, you know what? Come over. We'll I'll take a look and we'll see what we can do. I said, maybe we can shave it down, do something. But when he when I sat down in the chair, I was so weak, so exhausted, so tired. And there were actual like bold patches. I've never, ever seen myself bald. Like, I could not understand the bald, like, bald, completely smooth underneath my hands, not even stubble, nothing on my head. And he said, he's like, gee, I, there's nothing we can do. We have to cut this off. And I, I trusted him. I was so afraid, and I trusted him. I said, okay, Kevin. He said, don't worry about it. I'm going to do something really special for you. And my mom was sitting there. It was me, him, and it was him, myself, and my mother just all alone in that in the salon. Nobody else was in the salon but me. 
and he proceeded to take care of my head and he shaved my head and this is all on the video he shaved my head i was <laughs> as a woman again when you hear the, those clippers and they're actually on your head and to the point where he shaved his whole thing and it looked like it looked like a wig it looked like a helmet that i had just taken off my head i was shocked i had never ever seen anything like it in my life and it felt so surreal i now have air blowing on my scalp i've never had that before my head's always <laughs> been hot because it's covered up with hair and so when he took it off in the video you can see the shock on my face and um mm -hmm. i was having moments where i was trying and struggling not to break down completely and he he took it all off but then he also this he also decided to beat my face to the gods honey my face was amazing so he did my makeup and said you know what this is okay and when i when he did the reveal when he showed me my face my eyelashes my makeup all done my head bald I started to cry i couldn't believe it but you know what in the back of my head i was like you know what this actually looks good. <laughs> it looks great. Then maybe we can rock this. Because quiet as captain, truth be told, I have always like admired women who who wore the short hair and the, you know, went bald and just rocked it. I thought it's like a lot of chutzpah, a lot of like, you know, ooh, you got meat and grit to you. So now that was who I decided that I'm going to be. I said, I can't let this let me have me down. Um, I've worn wigs before, but you know what? I don't really feel like I want to wear a wig. I kind of just, this is my head. This is my life. This is my real life. This is what I'm going through. And let me just be real with you. Because at some point, you want to look at me like, yo, you look sick anyway. So I don't know who you're fooling with this wig. And I wasn't trying to have that in my life. <laughs> but I decided that I was going to take ownership of what I'm going through. And I'm going to create what I look like in the mirror. I'm going to create what I see, what, what I want to see until I get through it. And that's what I did. And it really, as I watched the video, I remember that moment that you spoke of about the, the shock of literally releasing your hair. And as I was interpreting the video, I saw this sort of internal dialogue with yourself where you could have fell into tears, but you chose to own the experience and really jump into joy towards the end. And I, I would recommend anybody to watch the video on your page, again, Divine Sugar Baby on Instagram. Because I, I think it's such a phenomenal um, moment that really speaks to who you are as a person, your ability to really jump into life and take it on as it comes. I think that's such a phenomenal skill set that you have. And I believe that anyone who fights for the will to live is really the ultimate leader in our society because it takes a tremendous amount of courage to really push through that experience. Thank you. What are some of the lessons that you took away from that first diagnosis of cancer? I started to stand up and speak up more for myself. And um, it also changed my narrative in that there are a lot of things that I never spoke up on before that I say, you know what, I have to talk about it because this is making me extremely unhappy. And there are a lot of times with people that I realized that they were taking my experience and what I was going through as a way to kind of assert themselves. And I had to say, no, this is me. I'm going through it. So 
it forced me to take a good hard look at the people that were in my life, the people who were supportive. It forced me to take a look at the different ways that people show love because what I need in terms of love at this precise moment would be com- look completely differently than how somebody else was showing me love. So I created a bubble around myself and my inner core and said, okay, we have to preserve you. We have to preserve who you are. You need to be able to look in the mirror and smile. You need to be able to to have something to look forward to. And that's, and these things that are going to keep you alive because you are constantly fighting and there's joy in your life on it every single day. I started really speaking up and taking claim of my space and my happy. And if I could not do it, I was not going to do it. If I was unhappy, then I said, you know what? I'm going to feel this unhappiness. I'm feeling nauseous right now. I'm going to feel it. I don't want to numb anything out. All of this is a lesson. This is, there's a bigger picture here. And um, I've been able to be reborn. It's like a phoenix. That's what it feels like. I'm starting to design more. I'm starting to create more. And you know what? It's more unapologetic. I always made excuses and apologized for things before. Now I'm just like, wait a minute, I'm old enough to say no. If I don't want to be in this space, I don't want to be here. I'm going to leave. If the what makes me happy is, you know, playing in, playing in mud for the day, I'm going to play in mud and you're going to like, look at me like I'm crazy, but I'm going to make it fashion and it's going to be amazing. And I'm just going to fully enjoy the fact that I'm playing in mud. So I had to slow down and really do for me and really think about happiness. I found happiness in the slow, in the littlest things. I found happiness eating lime flavored ice pops. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was the most amazing thing in my life. And I would sit down and close my eyes and thoroughly enjoy it. It changed the way that I thought about myself and my presence in the world and what I allowed to have a, uh, to have an effect and a presence in my life. So we're currently, as you know, in this current pandemic of COVID-19 and the world has literally shifted and slowed down in a dramatic way. And it, it makes me think of what you're speaking to now of this is really an opportunity for everyone to slow down and figure out what it is that we're meant to be taught in this moment. And I'm, I'm curious to know, what do you think as a person who's sort of fought through cancer um, and continues to fight through cancer um, while also discovering your own joys and your own livelihood and what that means to you in this calming period that you just spoke of? What do you think COVID-19 is really here to teach us as a society, as a world? I have been designing and creating for as long as I can remember. And when going through cancer and going through chemo and everything, I lost her. I lost the design side. I lost the creation. And that's how I knew I was really sick. But I realized I started to get better when one day I woke up and I said, you know what? I want to crochet a blanket. <laughs> and I never wanted to crochet a, bran- a blanket a day in my life. So I said, you know what? I'm going to go and I'm going to start designing and creating. And so I just, I started. I started with a blanket. And next, you know, I was in blanket heaven. I was a blanket making fool and you couldn't stop me. I was making blankets after blankets after blanket, crocheting and knitting. It was insane. And so now quarantine is here. And all I'm doing is I'm designing. I am painting. I am. I Today I baked a cake. I am about to like make my fish cakes. I'm like, oh my goodness. I'm starting to get back to 
who I've always been. And I'm now starting to have joy in this. Like, and it, and it's not a, okay, yeah, yeah, I'm happy. No, no. It's a childlike joy where I'm waking up each day and saying, okay, yes, we're quarantined. Can't really go out here and do that or whatever. What could I do here in my house that's going to excite me? And it's the simplest little things. I took so much joy in baking this one cake. It's just me that's going to eat this cake. But I took all day to make this one little cake and put layers in it and and just because why? I want to sit down and have a beautiful meal and it's just for me and I know that I made it. And I think that's what this lesson is. This lesson is it's just remembering who you were from when you were when you were younger, when you were small. Those dreams. Now you have an opportunity to say, you know what? I've always wanted to learn a second language. I've always wanted to learn an instrument. We're in 2020. Like everything is online. You can pick up and say, you know, I have this time. Let me learn to play a guitar and let me go on YouTube and figure and like get some lessons. I'm excited about this prospect that now we can really take control of things. And we're not on that, that, that rat, we're not doing the rat race. We're not that hamster on the wheel as much. So this is a blessing because truth be told, these are the things that we've always wanted to do. We have, you have your whole lives to work nine to fives. We're working into our sixties, our seventies. Whenever have you, can you ever say that you, that you remember having the time to, you know, work starts at nine o'clock and you actually are waking up at eight 30. Like when has this ever been a thing? And how many times when it's cold outside, you have to get up and find your way, get on the train. Like it becomes so, so dogmatic. This is the things that make us ill because we're constantly working, working and not thinking about our joys, not thinking about the things that make us happy, not implementing those things in our lives anymore because we're trying to work because that's what we're taught that we're supposed to do constantly. Now I can take a breath and say, yes, I can work, but I can also like garden. <laughs> I can... I can also wait. I have the actual time to to color. I have the actual time to figure out how to make sushi. Uh, uh, whatever your innermost desires have been. COVID-19 is a blessing in disguise. And it's bringing a lot of conversations up. It's it's forcing us to really reflect on who we are, what is it that we want, and what life could possibly look like for us when everything's all said and done. It's an opportunity. I love that. And I, I've definitely been taking more moments to figure out what does joy look like for me in this moment, in this moment of peace, in this moment of quiet, um, when you turn off the TV and you're really in silence, like what does that really look like for you? And I, I agree. I think this really is a blessing in disguise that if you're not taking advantage of it yet, this is the opportune time to take advantage of the opportunity to really sit back and think about who you are as an individual. And if, I'm curious to know, I, I, again, I, I can't even sum up who you are as a person uh, because I think you're phenomenal in every way. But if you had the opportunity to give, if you could sum up your life in one word or one sentence, what would it be? <laughs> you know what? I'm going to take ownership of a word that has been a trigger word for me. And it's a word that I've hated that has always been attributed to me. And I have a very negative connotation to it. However, I'm choosing to create a new narrative around the word. And the word is aggressive. Aggression is also just another word for assertion, assertiveness. It's another word for tenacity, being tenacious. These are all synonyms depending on the perspective. 
So my life has been aggressive AF, okay? My life has been aggressive, but it's kind of like that aggressiveness of like the aggression of like when you're on a roller coaster and you know what's about to happen. You know that drop's about to happen and that sickening crunch like, uh, you. but for some reason, you stick it, you stick it, and you keep going on the roller coaster because you know that it's going to force you to, to confront that big drop and you have to do it, but you're exhilarated when you're done. And that's how I'm going to look at my life. It has not been easy. It has not been sweet, but it's been exhilarating. It's been that no holds bar in your face. This is what you have to deal with. Super aggressive and strong. But you know what? That all, all of that, those are all just words for powerful. And if you can give the world one word or one sentence to hang on to in these moments, what would that be? <laughs> one of my favorite quotes in the world is from a quote from uh, Bobby Flay. Bobby Flay said, potential is BS. He said, at some point in your life, potential has got to give way to productivity. So whatever life has given you, whatever it is that you were halfway good at or you found some joy in and you loved what you do, at some point, do it. Get productive. Create it. These are the times that we're creating these memories. I want to have children. I want to look at my grandchildren and I want them to see videos and pictures of this is stuff that your grandmother made with her own bare hands. This is what she did. This is the music that she played. This is where she went. Look at your grandmother. She's upside down on a zip line. Like, I want that. So, potential means that you could, potential is good, but it means that you can stay in the house just always having potential. Now's the time to get up and do something. Let's turn this potential into productivity and not be so consumed with how it looks, but be consumed with the fact that you get to really live this life and sink your teeth into it. Leave it to black women. Drop in gems upon gems. Get consumed with the fact that you get to live this life and really stick your teeth into it. Do it. Get productive. Create it. We're going to leave it right there. Like literally drop the mic. Janice, I think you're awesome. And I really appreciate you taking this time to do this interview with me and giving your gifts to the world as you've done uh, throughout this whole conversation. So again, I appreciate you and continue to be who you are and live the life that you're living because other people are watching. And I know that like myself, many people have been inspired to do some of the things that you've already Thank accomplished you. in life. I really, really appreciate that. Thank you so much. Hey, if you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to come check out our Vision Leadership for Life Scholars program. It's a monthly coaching program where we take all the materials and we apply them to our life's purpose. We take it to the next level and we empower ourselves towards our greatest, highest potential. Oh.